0: GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand.
1: Hi, I'm Justine Cartwright, and every week I bring you life stories on GBC television. Everyone has a story to tell, and on the programme we meet people from all walks of life. And we listen to their stories and personal journey in their own words. I've often thought that as parents and as a community, it is so important to encourage and support our young adults to go to university, to chase their dreams, because inevitably many of them do come back and that is a great investment into Gibraltar. Today we meet Galito, who followed his dreams, has come back and has a very interesting story to tell. Let's meet him. Carlitos! Oh, Carlos! Morning! What lovely, lovely officers.
0: Thank you, thank you. This
1: memorabilia
0: you on. Um... Si, sí, bueno, we, we like to spruce it up a bit. Um, those are a couple of military vessels that we've serviced with Global, a shipping agent. Wow. Of, uh, the business. And you so obviously you did your appreciate. job
1: well because they're very grateful. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: that actually we have them to thank.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. The staff.
0: Yeah, the crew. I'm um, actually on hand. You know. Why I popped in guys. to
1: get to know to you, to get to well, know you, thank you, thank
0: you. Okay, absolutely. Get, let's
1: Carlos, lovely little offices you've got down here and I'm completely intrigued with everything that you do. Obviously, we've okay. met before, so okay. I have some insight into your life, but now's your time to, to tell everyone what it is you do. But I'm going to okay. take you right back to the beginning because um, you're not that old. No, I'm not.
0: (laughs) You're actually (laughs) not that old.
1: You're one of uh, Gibraltar's young professionals, if you like. Uh, You went to uni to study what?
0: Originally, I went to study accounting and finance, um, but um, I actually finished that through correspondence here in Gibraltar. So um, after doing that, I actually finished that with well-employed at KPMG and through the ACCA. Um and after working as an auditor for a while, um, I don't really want to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um so I applied for another um scholarship. I finished paying the first year that I went to university, right. so they sort of like gave me another scholarship for that. Yeah. Um and I went off to study uh, European languages and Italian. So
1: Why did you choose Italian?
0: Um, It was always a language that I found beautiful. Um, Italy has always, uh, I don't know, ever since I was young and I saw The Godfather, I think. It sort of like made me interested in Italy. Um, And I don't know, sort of like called to me. So I applied for that. I ended up um, spending a year out as well in Italy which that was absolutely brilliant in Catania in Sicily where I met my wife as well it sort of seems that everything sort of like fell into place for me to get to where I am today
1: and you brought her over
0: yes um so we met there in Catania we were there together for about a year um I finished uh, my um, second degree the Italian one and then we got married had a kid so
1: so learning italian which was just a passion of yours to learn the language yeah. you the place the language is all very beautiful actually has come into a lot of use because you need to communicate with your wife in italian yeah in absolutely
0: main. absolutely uh, we actually speak italian at home um my son now knows spanish english and italian wow that's uh, so, great so yeah and honestly they they're both my inspiration my motivation for everything i do so I mean, I'm really thankful for both of them and for having met her and everything that's happened, really, up to now. At
1: some point, you took time out as well to do some charity work.
0: Yes, that was... um, I actually went to Panama uh, when I was 18 years old. Um, I actually um, had my 19th birthday there. I still remember, actually... um, I went to an orphanage, um, and I remember the kids actually baking a cake for me, and that was sort of like... The first time I actually had an emotional eye opening, so sort of like wow, I didn't realize how lucky we really were. Do you know what I mean and that experience was absolutely life changing yeah absolutely life changing
1: so that's something yeah. really when when I look at you, I think about how young people the opportunities that we give them in Gibraltar and how they can go and spread their wings, find their independence and do these things. It brings you home a lot more broad-minded. Absolutely. And you can now compare and appreciate. Yeah. What's it like, Gibraltar to Italy, for example?
0: We don't really know how lucky we are, um, the opportunities we have as young people in Gibraltar. Uh, Again, I can't really uh, compare in terms of professionally because I haven't really worked professionally in Italy. Obviously, all I have to go on is what people talk to me about, high taxes, um, things don't really work. um, But here in Gibraltar, in terms of that, we don't really have that problem. Educationally, I think that in Gibraltar, the fact that we have to go to university as well abroad um, opens our perspectives open our horizons so much, so much. And in places like in Italy, people tend to go to university close to home. And again, they don't really get that broadening of their horizons uh, naturally like we mm-hmm. get it, I suppose. Um, I mean, at the age of eighteen, nineteen, that a student actually goes and lives independently in the UK, a flight away, minimum a flight away, I think that actually helps us grow, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and it it opens a lot of doors because you wouldn't have done the things that you have done in your short life had you not have had those opportunities. One of your crazy pastimes, and there's funny comparison, is you love to throw yourself out of planes.
0: (laughs) Safely throw myself out of a (laughs) plane. Safely throw yourself out of a plane. (laughs) Uh, Yes. I skydive, I've got uh, just over 45 jumps. Wow. Um, although it has been just over a year since I last did it, May 22, I think was the last time I did it. Um, but yeah, that's a very interesting, very... Honestly, I, I've i tried loads of different sports. People know me know, I've played hockey my whole life as well. Um, I like to ski, I'm quite an adrenaline junkie in that sense. But the emotions that you get when you jump out of a plane is like no other. No That's other. It's absolutely, absolutely.
1: I don't know um, that I'd ever be able to do that. Uh,
0: to tell you the truth, it's one of those things that once you are there, everything sort of like fades away and it's just you, the world, and it, do you know what I mean? And all Amazing. that all that fear just goes away on that second. And it's just the moment you jump, everything's... Everything's freedom, everything's open. and So
1: do you think that you have done everything that you wanted to do? Because now you're back home and you're settled.
0: I think this is just sort of like the beginning of part two of my life, I guess. Um, I'd like to think of it that way. Um, I'm very big, as you know, as well, uh, just on sustainability and um, some of the projects that I've sort of been involved since I've got here are being are to so like raise awareness on um i don't know environmental issues such as um, our wipe campaigns that we have with wastage um again big on sustainability we do the big relining jobs that again i boast about the fact that um, some of our jobs uh, reduce the f- carbon footprint by over 75%. And again, that's why I study it so much and that's why I promote it so much. Um, so, again, my objectives at the moment are to make Gibraltar a better place in terms of environmental impact and sustainability underground, I guess. Underground. Well, let's Look stop there yeah. and let's
1: just put people in the picture because it was at the tender age of 16. That your father first put you in a pipe?
0: Yes, thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, it was character building, I guess. Yeah. I was very young. Um, my dad's um, an instructor for confined space entry as well. So he actually does all the courses for our men. He, at the, age, as you say, tender age of 16, he, I, came and they did the course for confined space entry. Um, and obviously my father had just started the company together with his business partner, Tyron, about five, eight years before that. So obviously being a young company, they yeah. needed a hand every now and again. Um, and be me being the crazy 16 year old, always wanted to get into holes and whatnot. <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of like, again, naturally, came into the business giving a helping hand from the very start so
1: but then when you went away you came back just yeah. to give a, a timeline uh, there uh, you came and did your 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 year with kpmg yeah but then dad is near on retirement now
0: yes he's about so you're to taking 60. over well i'm trying to yeah <laughs> um again my dad Thankfully he's one of these guys that um, I think he'll always carry on working so I know that I'll always have him as my point of reference and my consultant as again he's brought this up for the past 25 years and I think he's done an amazing job. So now again my objective is get what he's done and make it as best, better that I could. The best okay.
1: Let's talk a little bit about what's going on underground in Jib because lo el no Absolutely, are you sure you want, want to know? Absolutely, I think people should know because uh, the infrastructure on such a small company must be incredible, and a lot of people feel you know, like for example, you put you flush the chain on your toilet, and you think of nothing else?
0: Absolutely. So
1: what happens then?
0: Um, Well, yeah, I've always said that people think of the toilet like a black hole, right? It goes in, flush, um, hit the flush and out of sight, out of mind, as you say. Um, So what happens? Your poo and whatever you throw down the toilet, that's why we're very big against um, using wipes. Uh, Gibraltar has about 25 to 30 pumping stations around um, the whole of Gibraltar, obviously, because of our, our structure tectonically, I guess. We need to pump all our waste to Langwall Road. There's the main sort at Linewell Road that goes um, by gravity all the way to Europa Point. So all the different pumping stations around Gibraltar make sure that your poo ends up at Linewall Road.
1: Right. So <laughs> they all join there for they a all join.
0: From Nywall Road all the way through Roja Road um, and it goes out um, through uh, Camp Bay underneath um, what would be Europa Point and it goes out to sea. And this is raw sewage? This is absolutely raw sewage. Gibraltar unfortunately doesn't have any means of waste treatment, of sewage treatment. Um, Historically this has been because we use salt water in our toilets. Obviously, there's been a shortage of fresh water in Gibraltar. This has been something that we've done historically so like to compensate for the fact that we don't have. And I mean, it would be a shame and environmentally quite um, an impact if we had to use potable water from our desalination plants in the toilets. So that's been the main issue in Gibraltar historically, I guess, for wastewater treatment.
1: I wanted to ask you, you mentioned a very interesting uh, anecdote that that Mm. Gibraltar is only one of three countries that uses
0: salt water um, in their Yes, using salt water in the toilets isn't something that uh, loads of people do. Um, Hong Kong do it, Marshall Islands do it, Um, and again it hasn't been done because um, it is an issue with the treatment of the wastewater. Um, These other places are also, islands obviously, so they do have an issue with fresh water. Um, there are technologies, however, nowadays very limited technologies that are able to treat um, high saline wastewater. Um, and I know that the government is actively looking into these technologies for the possibility of a waste treatment plant.
1: So, tell us a little bit about. What happens underground? Because there there must be pipes where you physically can fit in. Yes. You'll have
0: issues with blockages. How do you deal with those? Um, Well, actually, if I must say 90 to 99% of the blockages that we deal with are because of wipes, Justine. um, It is a major issue in Gibraltar. And I don't think that the public really know how much of an issue. Now, again, because we have so many pumping stations, all of these also get collected on in the pumping stations and they do cause some infrastructure damage, obviously to the pumps. Pumps might get blocked, they might break, and again, that's a high cost to the government.
1: So this is a real message you want to put across. What Uh, is people's fascination with flushing wipes? I mean, there are biodegradable wipes. Is that better for you?
0: we need to be careful on here because um, some impacts um, do say they are flushable but there isn't really any um, any organization or any standards that actually um, control that be it in the uk or in europe so a company could just decide oh these break down a bit easier these are flushable and they just put it okay. on their packs there's no one really controlling this um, or at least there wasn't anyone Recently in the UK. So what we do have to be careful is in terms of environmentally if your wipes contain any plastic Because again remember everything is going out to sea so if you do throw wipes that do contain plastic in your toilet You're essentially throwing it out into sea um, then there are others which Don't contain plastic, but they don't actually break down easily okay. So they might be biodegradable, but they might be biodegradable in couple of years' time, uh, that obviously wouldn't give it enough time to break down before it gets to the pump that's a few metres down the road.
1: What about things like um, nappies, sanitary wear?
0: Thankfully we don't really see that much. Obviously there are the ones that we find, um, but they are not, I guess, major issues. I think um, those would possibly as well cause problems for each house individually. I mean, if you flush a nappy, they might actually get stuck on your toilet. So I don't think people would actually, people do actually tend to do that much.
1: Right. So how much, how, we're full of pipes underneath the ground. (laughs) I'm trying to actually see it through the ground, like x-ray vision, which is so interesting. And you were telling me places like uh, Both Worlds had to have their pipes thrown all the way around the other way, the longest yeah. way possible, just to get to your main point up at Linewall. Yeah. Why? Why is the structure? I mean, it must be very old now.
0: Yeah, I mean the the main sort Line Wall is um, it was done by the Royal Engineers, I think, over 140 years ago. Uh, so yeah, we do work. We do have a very old infrastructure, um, and again, I think that Gibraltar is. Collecting new technologies and adapting the old infrastructure that we have for I mean the new population that we have uh, It is very difficult and it would be very difficult to change the whole infrastructure So yeah, we do depend on certain advances. Sort of like uh, the pipe relining that I mentioned earlier uh, Which even if it doesn't really change the pipe it does give it a new life um, we did one a few uh, months ago as well. Again, what we did on that one, we fitted a plastic pipe inside an old concrete pipe. So even if, again, we don't change the actual infrastructure, making it uh, plastic reduces the fric- friction to friction significantly, so the f- water would flow better, right. and obviously that would mean that it would have more usage. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we are preparing that main sewer for the next 50 years. Of...
1: When you look towards the future, having a young mind and being having the energy that you're putting into this and the passion that you're putting into this, what what do you see that desperately needs to, to change? What, what have we got coming up?
0: I think the first thing is the sewage treatment plants, I guess. I think that would give Gibraltar to the boost it needs in terms of sustainability and and the environment.
1: Because right now when when you pick up this loads of uh, wipes and things what happens to them when you're clearing out those pipes?
0: Well they get filtered through these pumping stations so in the pumping stations um, there is a large accumulation of these wipes these coarse materials. Uh, we go in every once in a while under the instructions of AquaJib. They are the ones that actually service the pumping stations and we clean them out. Um, All of that, we have a machine by Devil's Tower Road, which smells quite a bit when we actually have to process. And what we do is we compact the sewage. We remove about 80% of the water. The water flows back into the sewers and we export that to Spain into landfill now again we've tried to uh, recycle it into fertilizers and see what we could do but again because of the high quantity of wipes and the high quantity of plastics that we have in that coarse material it's not really possible unfortunately it's
1: it's so awful to to think about what we're doing when we flush those wipes down the toilet such a an important part of, of what you do. Um, I cannot imagine anybody applying for a job to work with you. How do men put up with the smell? The, 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 oh, it's, it's a
0: terrible <laughs> job. I guess you get used to it. You get used to it. Um, again, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, and at the end of the day, it is a profession like any other. We, we do take it very seriously and we do have a number of professionals that work with us and again on that note I'd like to say thank you as well to our our team composed of amazing guys and girls and I mean without them we wouldn't be able to do everything that we do and all the professionalism that they show from the very start obviously it's a high-risk job because once you get into the sewer. We do have to do it with breathing apparatus and with um, masks obviously. And once you're down there, anything can happen at any moment. Um, everyone has to be obviously at the on guard and 100% attentive because you've got two guys or three guys in that hole and there's only one exit so it is something we take very seriously
1: so you've come from jumping out of a plane which is the largest expanse there is (laughs) into something that would a claustrophobic would feel terrible in yeah two extremes
0: i I guess so (laughs) maybe i do want to compensate the other
1: (laughs) (laughs) another kind of thrill just to finish off though galito the 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 plant what is what is your vision? What is it that we need to make this work and and how do you envisage that 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 plant and
0: and what it will look like? There are again the technologies that can happen, and it's something uh, that Gibraltar has to make this happen again environmentally. We are not in the place that we want to be in, um, and I know that the government are talking the same way, you know. I mean, they are not in, this, in the position that they want to be at the moment because they are lacking this waste treatment plant which have had loads of issues, be it technically, um, contractually, because I know one of the companies um, that were going to actually build it and develop it, I think they went under, so I, n- I know there have been issues out of their control. My vision is actually seeing it done what we see done is I mean I guess that's a bit more subjective in terms of what people like and what they don't like uh, but I think there is a good opportunity there to to build something that could be a landmark for Gibraltar and not only see it as, as some treatment centre that treats our poo but as an educational centre and a place that people could actually to and enjoy the place and enjoy what actually is happening there so
1: education yeah, education education absolutely
0: it is key it is key <laughs> GBC Podcasts Local voices on demand.